Welcome to Digging Deeper in Grace, a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Our goal each episode is to dig deeper into the scriptures with a focus on our most recent sermon. And now let's dig deeper. Hello and welcome to Digging Deeper in Grace. My name is Luke Sheridan and I've had, I have the pleasure of hosting today's podcast. Many of you may already know, but your normal host, my dad, Bart Sheridan, and longtime Grace member and missionary Kevin Riley are currently overseas training and encouraging pastors in Central America. Please be keeping them and their students in your prayers in the coming week and a half, and I know they look forward to sharing many of the outcomes of their trip here in the coming weeks. Today, I'm excited to fill in for my dad this week on Digging Deeper in Grace, but I'm even more excited to be joined by a longtime friend and mentor of mine, Trent Rogers. I know many of you know him, so Trent, thank you for joining me today. It's great to be here, Luke. I'm looking forward to, is this your debut on the podcast? This is the debut on this side of the microphone. I've had, I've had a couple questions asked, but uh, I'm the one asking the questions now this, this time. So. You know what they say about speaking is that you know, anybody can get invited once, but you'll see, we'll see if you get invited back. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> tough, uh, tough standard there. We'll have to see. We'll have to send Dad on a trip a couple more times. <laughs> Uh, so Trent, as we've been working our way through the Sermon on the Mount, it's been pretty interesting to see Jesus look at the spiritual implications uh, or descriptions of being a kingdom citizen, especially in an upside down kingdom. Uh, but often those spiritual topics that Jesus addresses are connected with a physical bodily aspect of being human. So we have examples of you know, Jesus brings up murder, where there's the spiritual aspect of a hateful heart. And then there's a physical aspect of you know, killing someone uh, and seeing how Jesus connects those. When we have adultery, you're looking at physical sexuality versus lustful thoughts, oaths, um, you know, recognizing and caring for physical neediness, which is, I think, what we're going to be looking at here in the coming week. The world today has a lot to say about our bodies, whether it's the standards of beauty that show up in the centerfolds of magazines or the latest health trends or diet pill commercials that pop up in the middle of our favorite TV shows or YouTube commercials. Um, so even, even in governmental actions, we had a, a significant uh, ballot issue yesterday that we were voting about a bodily issue. Um, so today I'd like to talk about this concept and the reality of human physicality, uh, mm -hmm. being a physical being and how we as Christians should think about, interact with, and care for our physical bodies. Yeah. It's a it's a topic that even as I thought about bringing it up, I was like, "Ooh, is that a spiritual enough topic for a, a church <laughs> podcast?" <laughs> but you know, in Matthew twenty two, Jesus tells the Pharisees that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And in Mark, he adds strength to that mm -hmm. list. And it's interesting that Jesus combines the spiritual, you know, heart and soul and the physical mind and strength when he talks about worshiping God. So first question, can, can you talk about how these physical aspects of our beings yeah. play a role in our worship of God and how they connect with the spiritual heart and soul aspects of yeah, our worship? That, that's a great, great observation. I, I think uh, probably what happens in the, the difference between Mark and Matthew here is this is, this is not a, a one one off teaching of Jesus. This is probably something that he he taught a number of times as he he traveled around and at some point included this idea of strength or with all of your vigor. Um and it's important for us to understand uh something about humanity and worship. So worship 
is bodily. So God creates embodied souls and redeems embodied souls. So there's the the worship that we do in this life. But it's also important to understand that there will be a physical resurrection. That's a central Christian belief. So you think about a text like 1 Corinthians 15, there's pretty extensive conversation about what does the physical resurrection embodiment, what does that look like? And and part of the emphasis is, is that's the Christian hope. The Christian hope is that we are worshiping now as embodied souls, and we will worship forever as embodied souls. So worship is embodied. Yeah, and that 1 Corinthians 15, I think Paul even goes as far as to say it was important to recognize that Jesus himself had a physical body and he resurrected bodily because without that resurrection, there's no, there's no point in our faith. That's right. So, so we have a, a physical creation, a physical fall, a physical uh, redemption and resurrection of our savior Mm -hmm. and ultimately a physical resurrection of believers. Um, So it's a very, uh, the biblical uh, message is, is a very embodied message. And it's interesting to see, even just in the body, we see, you mentioned the fall, um, we see the gospel working out even in our bodies uh, mm-hmm. as we look to the future, as we look at where we are now. So how does the fact that we are both spiritual and physical beings impact the way we live? You know, Should we favor one, should we favor the spiritual over the physical, or how, how should we put those two together as we practically live our lives. So we see challenges to this even in the earliest church. So Christians are trying to to decide like, or to understand what does it mean to be embodied and uh, how do I relate to my body, even as a, as a spiritual being as well. And that's one of the passages we talk about first Corinthians 15 and there have been uh, divergent Christian approaches to the point that some of these practices become non-Christian. So, so there are things that have Christian roots, but they go in a non-Christian direction. And, and let me give you the two poles. One pole is to say, um, we are spiritual beings, therefore uh, we must uh, subdue the body. So extreme asceticism. And then the other extreme is, uh, we are spiritual beings, therefore the body doesn't matter, so let's do whatever we want physically. And uh, Scripture is going to counter both of those extremes Mm -hmm. by reminding us that we are embodied souls, and how we use our bodies are are acts of worship. Yeah, this life verse of mine, you know, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that's been been something that my dad kind of instilled in me, um, and recognizing that worship is not just something we do on Sunday morning mm. or singing, si- singing in the That's pews. Right. It's an action. And the context of that verse is about food, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a very <laughs> embodied reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, that we worship God, even in the food that we consume, where we consume it, with what m- demeanor uh, we consume food. We worship God. So Trent, often we conflate concern with our bodies as vanity, uh, you know, over cons- overt concern of our bodies as vanity. And so h- how do we combat this vanity and promote proper self-esteem as we approach our bodies? I think you just mentioned a life verse, whatever we do to all the glory of God. So mm-hmm. uh, you've been entrusted with a body. So it's a stewardship issue, and we could say then uh, a worship issue, mm-hmm with how you use that. 
Now, uh, anything with which you're entrusted um, can be misplaced in your own heart and become an idol. Um, uh, but if we take the approach of our bodies that we are to steward our bodies uh, for the glory of God as an act of worship, I think that combats a lot of the worldly ideologies that come up. Mm-hmm. And, and what about those of us who aren't necessarily stat- satisfied with the current state of our bodies, you know, whether it be weight or looks or athleticism, you know, even more long lasting. Yeah, well, just let me interrupt you here because the, the listeners don't know that you're sitting there with a full head of hair <laughs> and, and I'm over here with the bald head and he's looking at me, you know, like, you know, you're not satisfied with your, your balding head. So no, I'm not, but go on, go on. Well, you know, there are, maybe there are more uh, long-term things, some more serious things like, um, you know, our world talks about gender and mm-hmm. not being satisfied with our gender. Or um, maybe we have some older saints in our congregation or people who are um, beyond their uh, beyond the spring chicken years and they're, uh, <laughs> they're worried about their age. Or, you know, maybe they have illness, dealing with cancer yeah. or with a, a prolonged illness. Or even we talked a couple of weeks ago about infertility yeah. uh, in our yeah. Sanctity of Life uh, session. So practically how do we we talk about worship we talk about you know um being satisfied with what god has given us but how do we combat this dissatisfaction because that's a real that's that's a real issue it is so i mean first is to say athleticism and physical beauty aren't bad things uh they're they're not bad things but they're not ultimate things either Mm -hmm. so we need to steward that i the, the those realities of our body um i think we recognize the brokenness and incompleteness of this world. And the question is, how do we handle um, that dissatisfaction? Do we handle it in a way that leads to self-loathing? Or do we handle it in such a way that it points us heavenward? Because the godly approach is to say, okay, look, I, I maybe there's a maybe there's an issue in my life. It's like I need to steward my body better, so I need to get to work and making sure I steward my body better. But then there's also a recognition that my body will always be broken in, in this in this fallen world. And the Christian response to that is yes, let's do what we can with what God has entrusted to us, but let's be comfortable with the incompleteness in this world that points us to heaven, and we can say with all the saints, come Lord Jesus. Yeah, and I was reminded, even just as you said that, you know, Paul, in his, I, I, I can't remember the, the reference, but basically he had something happening in his life he called his thorn in his flesh, oh, yeah. and he recognized, you know, he had pleaded with God, please take this away, but God somehow said no, and for some reason said no. But Paul found solace in the fact that God's or his own strength or his own weakness was made perfect in God's strength mm-hmm. and his power. Cool. Um, so you mentioned, or I mentioned athleticism and, you know, physical fitness. Um, one of the things that can be difficult and you, you've been an athlete uh, for a lot of your adult life. Um, you, you trained athletes, I believe in, in mm-hmm. a earlier life. How, how does one, whether it be athleticism or just health, when I mean, we're, we're approaching the new year, when a lot of people make health goals, how do we make those goals in a godly way, recognizing that 
we're not going to achieve per- perfection. You know, our we're we're stuck in time right now. So, what is a godly way to you know? We've talked about avoiding vanity, avoiding those um, those more uh, maybe sinful desires. Yeah. But what in what way should we be approaching goals as we look at the new year, just in general in our yeah, lives? Yeah, that, that's that's great. So. Let me make it even maybe more specific. You're talking about like a fitness goal or or why, how should a Christian approach physical fitness as Mm -hmm. our kind of modern culture uh, talks about it? I I think you do it for the glory of God. Whatever you do, you do for the glory of God. I think you do it um, from a motivation of stewardship, recognizing that God has entrusted this to you. Mm -hmm. I think you do it with motivations to think, how can I be more effective uh, in the task to which God has called me? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all all research shows that you know, some physical activity gives you more mental acuity. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it helps you with vigor. So, motivated by ministry effectiveness, I think physical fitness uh, and the discipline therein can help to form your character. So that's a that's a good uh, a motivation. Some people really like to work out, and I think it's okay. It's a good thing to enjoy um, physical exertion. Uh, the, the, the pleasure of physical exertion is a good thing. I think we should also think about things like leveraging any situation for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I've shared the gospel in the gym probably more than almost any other venue hmm. uh, than maybe the sideline of sporting events for my kids. Uh, just just because that's a that's a venue that we can leverage for the sake of the gospel. So I would want to tell Christians that they should have worship-filled and worship-directed goals as they think about um, setting a fitness goal or, or a fitness plan. Um I think where we tend to get into trouble is when uh, we hear secular reasoning for why we might work out, and then we we suddenly start to adopt that. And it's you know in our sinful state that's attractive. The yeah. the, the worldly in in a lot of ways is attractive. Um, yeah. you know just the way we look, the way we feel. Um, but yeah, and so what I'm hearing you say is we should use our physical bodies, not as an end to itself, but as a means to an end, whether, whether it's to provide more energy to do the work of the gospel outside the gym or outside the, the kitchen, but, or whether it be inside the gym, right? That providing an opportunity to share the gospel. Just like you said, it's a, it's a means to an end and the end is glorifying God ultimately. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the goal of any worship filled activity. And, um, I think if we can orient uh, what we, everything that we pursue in, in that in that way, it's a very very helpful thing for a Christian, mm-hmm. and that that might mean. I mean, I might lift heavy weights. Um, another person you do lift heavy weights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen you. <laughs> and another person might like to run, yep. and, and that's a. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good thing. Um, that God has designed us in embodied ways, so that that helps to balance us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard a heard a podcast once um and uh the uh it was it was a well-known pastor was reflecting with another pastor on how they pursue physical fitness and and this one pastor said look if i if i don't do some physical activity 
because his job didn't require a great deal of physical activity. If I don't do some during the week, he said, I, I tend towards despondency or depressive tendencies and self-loathing. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy was like, look, if, if I don't uh, do some sort of physical fitness, I get like hulkish in my behavior and I become too aggressive. Mm-hmm. So it actually, uh, that physical exertion actually helps me to kind of regulate my aggressive tendencies. Yeah. That was helpful for me. It was helpful for me just to think through because uh, I'm probably in the latter. Um, that if if I don't work out, I get to be um, unnecessarily aggressive. Um, but if I, I go lift some weights and maybe run a little bit, which I should do more of, <laughs> um, that helps me just even to regulate my emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really helpful thing. It makes me makes me sharper, makes me more regulated, and it, it helps me deal with. Stress the stress of the of life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so sometimes our final question here, I say final question, but sometimes our perception of our bodies is motivated by what we think other people will think about mm-hmm. us, whether it be, you know, fitness, gender, you know, you know what any number of attributes of our body. Um, and other times our perceptions are motivated by the way we think about ourselves. So what role does Christian community play in building godly self-esteem and satisfaction in our bodies? Yeah, I think um, of all places, uh, the church ought to be a place where um, we celebrate uh, capacities, we mm-hmm. affirm capacities. Um, sometimes those come in the form of something like a spiritual gift, right? Mm-hmm. That's expressed uh, uh, physically within the body. So we ought to be able to celebrate um, uh Things that that we achieve uh, in, in in an embodied way, even if that's a mental achievement, mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of an embodied existence. So I think the church should celebrate well, and I think uh, it should be a place of um, accepting and embracing our frailties, okay. um, and and that can come in, in a number of forms. It can come with somebody in the prime of life with no seemingly physical incapacity, just recognizing that. They might have uh, limitations or weaknesses that we're not perceiving. Sometimes those weaknesses or limitations are are apparent, Mm -hmm. whether that be uh, a health issue or a mental or emotional issue. um, Those kinds of things are are a place where we we can walk alongside one another. So we ought to be uh, both affirming and accepting in, in the truly biblical sense of those words and recognizing that God has entrusted to us bodies. And, uh, after Genesis three, uh, they're, they're broken bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And as you were talking, I was thinking about Ephesians four, we went through Ephesians here several years ago where Paul talks about the unity of the body and how in the church, there are people, people in the church are supposed to be pulling on each other and building each other just Mm -hmm. like the body does. And, uh, so thanks for that. My guest today has been uh, Trent Rogers here on Digging Deeper in Grace. Thank you, Trent, for your insights and the time you've spent with us today. It's been encouraging to hear your perspective and uh, encouragement on a very relevant topic today. To our audience, I hope this conversation has been encouraging and instructive as we've discussed how we view and serve the Lord with our physical bodies and how we should be seeking to love and serve God with our whole beings. 
If this conversation has sparked some additional questions for you, or if you have other sermon-based discussions coming out of our ongoing Sermon on the Mount sermon series, I invite you to contact us at contact at gracecedarville.org. Once again, that address is contact at gracecedarville.org. Join us next week as John Davis continues our regular sermon series discussion here on the podcast. Until then, this is Luke Sheridan filling in for my dad, Bart, here on Digging Deeper in Grace. Have a great week, everyone. Digging Deeper in Grace is a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Visit us online at gracecedarville.org and join us next time as we continue our discussion. In the meantime, we invite you to continue digging deeper in grace as you read God's Word.